Welcome to the Simple Money, Simple Life podcast. I am Matt Erickson, and I'm your host. This is a podcast where we explore how simplicity beats complexity, especially in money matters. We explore investing, personal finance, and how to live a simple and awesome life. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 51, titled The Cost of Clutter. It's fun to be bringing another podcast episode to you. Hope you're all doing great. And summer is kind of winding down a little bit. My kids are going to get back in school next week. And my oldest son actually is moving out and leaving on an LDS mission to San Antonio, Texas. So he'll be moving out on Wednesday. So that's an exciting bit of news. He'll be He's been learning Spanish, so he'll be speaking Spanish and be down there for the next two years. So we're excited for him and the new adventure he has ahead of him. Recently, we were on a vacation to Bear Lake, which is a beautiful lake that borders Utah and Idaho. And while we were up there, we were renting a cabin with extended family. And during part of it, my kids had an opportunity to, they were watching TV one night with their cousins. And... They have, I walked in to see what they were watching, and they were watching the television show called Hoarders. And I stood and watched for a little while. There were They were filming a woman who lives in West Virginia, and her son lives with her, and they were detailing the hoarding process and what they were doing to try to help her. And uh, it seemed like she was really, really struggling with the process. It was really upsetting to her. And her house was completely filled with clutter and with junk and with garbage. And it was hard for them to even get around. So it was kind of a sobering episode. It was, I think, kind of an eye-opener for my kids to see it because they've never seen a home like that. I have before and been in homes like that, a couple of homes like that. And it is hard to fathom how people live that way, but some people do. So today I'm going to talk a little bit about the cost of clutter and both financially and emotionally, time-wise, in different ways that clutter can affect our lives. Clutter is a nuisance, can be a productivity killer, and has a negative impact on our overall finances, health, and well-being, and just overall, I think, our quality of life. The high cost of clutter can be found in ways that can be pretty obvious, and others that might be completely overlooked. A messy, cluttered, and disorganized home means you buy things typically that you don't need and can't find things when you need them and possibly waste money to store and maintain the stuff you don't use. 80% of the items people buy and keep are never used. Uh, But once you realize the real cost of clutter in your life and how negatively it affects you, you'll be more determined to get rid of all the clutter from your home. So I want to talk a little bit about time. Clutter not only can drain our energy, it also can drain us of our time. When you're surrounded by clutter, you tend to waste your time and energy looking for necessities. People in cluttered homes spend extra time every day searching for lost items such as keys, phones, wallets, money, shoes, tools, and the extra time it takes to search through the mess daily adds up quickly. When you live in a cluttered home, it's a challenge for you to organize your stuff and your belongings takes a lot of time and efforts to clean and organize your home and and to keep it tidy. More stuff equals more mess, which equals more cleaning time. You could use that 
extra time doing something that you truly love and enjoy instead of cleaning and organizing. And there's a study that shows that getting rid of clutter eliminates 40% of housework in an average home. Beyond losing precious time, you can also there can also be detrimental consequences from losing items, uh, being late for work, missing a plane, train, or bus, or missing an important appointment or meeting are all additional results of spending time searching for a lost item. It's crazy how losing our keys or our wallets could have such drastic impacts, but they certainly can. I want to talk a little bit about money. Clutter costs you a significant amount of money. Uh, the average American spends $18,000 per year on non-essential items. Uh, not only you waste money buying unnecessary stuff, but also when you live with clutter and don't have your financial papers organized, bills can also get lost, causing you to possibly accrue late fees, which we've talked about before, or penalties. One after another bill lost could lead to late payments. Suddenly, you could find yourself dealing with additional late fees, uh, higher interest rates, a lower credit score, or even in the worst possible scenario, collection agencies. You can also lose out on money through misplacing unused gift cards and checks. Uh, there's a funny Seinfeld about that, about uh, Jerry uh, not cashing his grandma's checks. But anyway, that's just a side tangent. Uh, you can, coupons and rebates tend to expire when they're lost below a heap of stuff. And also replacing lost items and buying duplicates of those that you didn't realize you already had can be a problem and can add up quickly. Clutter also costs some of you money in the form of storage bills. According to a leading peer-to-peer -peer storage operator in the U.S., 9.6% 9 of households rent storage units and the average cost of a storage unit is $88.85 per month. And I know there are a lot of them that are a lot more than that. That means almost 10% of American people is spending close to $100 a month just to store unnecessary stuff, which they rarely use or don't use at all. And 60%, 67% of those self-storage renters live in single-family homes with a garage, and 33% also have a basement. So... You guys have seen the packed basements, the packed storage rooms. You've seen the packed garages where people are not able to park inside their garage. In an article written that's called Why Clutter Matters and Decluttering is Difficult, the author said that clutter is expensive. It costs an average of $10 per square foot to store items in your house, and almost 10% of American households rent storage units, spending more than $100,000 1000 annually in rent. Over the years, hoarding could end up costing you thousands of dollars that could be used for something meaningful and necessary, such as creating an emergency fund, saving for your kid's college, contributing to a Roth IRA, a 401k, or fun stuff like travel or experiences. Uh, let's talk a little bit about living space. Clutter takes up your valuable living space. When you buy and accumulate more and more stuff, end up taking up your precious physical space, leaving you no room for comfortable living and relaxation. It also makes your space look and feel smaller and uninviting. Have you guys seen the houses? I was in one not too long ago where there were pictures all over the walls. There were food items all over the countertops. There was a big pile of shoes. There was stuff all over the couches. So it can start to feel really closed in and claustrophobic in a environment like that 
Also, some homes are so packed full of furniture, it feels very um, close in and hard to get around. And so it's amazing when you start to take things off your walls or take some furniture out and get rid of it or decluttering some of the things in your house, taking things outside and throwing it away or storing it somewhere, how much better your physical space can feel. As you keep on adding more clutter over the years, your homes can start to feel very cramped. That feeling often makes you think that you need a larger home and can't possibly get by in a smaller house. But in reality, you're actually using more space for storing your stuff and less space for living. 25% of people who own a home with a garage don't have room to park their garage in it at all which is kind of sobering if you tend to store a lot of stuff your most economical solution is to declutter the home you are currently living in instead of moving into a bigger home that will cost you even more money so I'm a big fan of keeping a decluttered living space I'm blessed to be married to someone who views it the same way I do so I do not feel like our home is austere or bland or sterile or whatnot i feel like it is inviting and warm has beautiful paint colors but at the same time you will not find pictures all over our walls or furniture covering every piece of square footage we keep space to just live in and enjoy and keep in mind that empty space does not have to be filled in a house some people feel like empty space is a bad thing and they need to fill it with a knickknack or a decoration or a table Sometimes empty space is just nice. It can help the room to feel more inviting or relaxing. So I'd like to also talk about a little bit about peace of mind. Clutter can cost us our peace of mind. A cluttered space can mess with our heads, our minds, and our emotions and our thoughts. It can make you feel out of control in your life. I've, I've never met someone who is a hoarder who has good mental health, sadly. I know that's a gross generalization and it's probably not 100% accurate, but I'm just saying I've never met someone who is a hoarder that has good mental health. They often have a lot of anxiety and a lot of control issues. When you have too much clutter in your home, it can affect your mental health and cause a lot of stress that might be unconscious or conscious depending on the person. A direct link between excessive home clutter and higher stress levels has been found in numerous studies in recent years. In one study, women who lived in cluttered homes had high levels of stress hormone cortisol throughout the day, while those who lived in a well-organized, restful space had lower levels. Another study connected at Princeton University through their neuroscience researchers found that a cluttered home environment impedes your ability to focus. When you can't focus easily, our mental faculties get worn down and frustration ensues, causing stress and anxiety. A cluttered home rather than a haven from stress is a big stressor in itself and intensifies the frustration and exhaustion that an already stressed person feels. It also takes more time cleaning up and tidying up, which can increase your stress levels both physically and emotionally. And when someone has a lot of clutter around, often it will weigh on their unconscious and cause stress knowing that they need to get to that to clean it up. Another area where stress can affect this can be relationships. Too much clutter can really affect our relationships. It doesn't allow us to spend quality time with our family in a relaxed and peaceful way. We can, in a cluttered environment, constantly feel stressed out, tired, inattentive, and angry. 
When you choose to live with clutter instead of decluttering and simplifying your home, your life becomes can become chaotic. You can't think clearer and focus on things that truly matter. As a result, we can fail to pay attention to our loved ones and do things that are truly meaningful. In a cluttered home, individual relationships get lost easily. Excessive clutter causes us to neglect or overlook changes that need to be made in order to mend or strengthen our relationships. I think clutter can also isolate us from friends because we might not be comfortable inviting someone else into our home or allowing our kids to invite their friends into our home because we're embarrassed about the clutter. That can have a real detrimental psychological effect on us and our kids. And it's interesting because kids do feel either a sense of pride or possibly a sense of embarrassment depending on the condition of the home and what they bring their friends to. So the real cost of clutter in our life can be pretty high. It takes up our mental and physical spaces and affects our mental, emotional, and financial well-being. That's one of the main reasons I love uh, decluttering and I enjoy organization. I enjoy how my wife and I can keep our home pretty clutter-free. It allows us more space to relax when we're home and not feel like We need to get up and be cleaning and organizing all the time. It allows us to focus on the more important things in life that we enjoy doing and not constantly worrying that our house is messy. So that's all I wanted to say about this topic of clutter. I did want to touch on one other thing before I finish up the episode. So I am, I guess what you could call an informal financial coach. I do not charge a fee but I do meet with people and talk with them about their finances and help them organize their budgets. I've looked over a lot of different investing choices with people and explained to them how an investment statement works, how expense ratios work, how mutual funds work. I I don't choose them for them, but I educate them on kind of what entails a mutual fund or an index fund and how to go about the decision-making process of choosing one. I was uh, sitting down with a good friend the other day. He was uh, showing me his options for his his 401k at his new job. And I was a little jealous because they're better than my options, but they were good. His plan had some nice index funds, although it was interesting because his employer offered some actively managed mutual funds and some index funds, which is good. And if he wouldn't have been educated on knowing how to choose the best ones for him, it could have been very easily for him to slip into some actively managed expensive mutual funds. So we walked through how to assess each fund, how to know if it was an index fund or not, how to find the expense ratio, and how to decide on his asset allocation as far as what funds he was going to get. So his had a several target date funds, which were good, but they all had at least 10% bonds in them. And he's a younger guy. So I advised him maybe to not do the target date fund since he had some other good choices that didn't include bonds since he has such a long runway before retirement. So he ended up deciding that he wanted to do a large cap index fund and an international index fund. And so he decided I think to probably do about 70% in the U.S. large cap index fund and 30% in the international total international index fund. 
the expense ratios on those were around 0.29% or 0.2 something. It was a little high, but still not bad compared to a lot of plans that I've seen. And if he would have chosen the 2060 or the 2065 target date index fund, that would have been great too. It's a simple set it and forget it. You never have to do another thing other than just contribute as much as you possibly can. And then when you get to retirement, typically it's best to move it out of a target date index fund, in my opinion, and just figure out what's in the target date fund and create your own. That way, when you withdraw money, you can withdraw from stocks when it's appropriate, withdraw when bonds when it's appropriate. With a target date fund, you don't really have a choice to separate it. And for tax reasons, market reasons, and kind of where the mar what the market is doing, it makes sense to do it that way. For example, if you had a bad year in the stock market and it was down 30%, you would not want to sell your stock shares at that time because you'd be selling at a loss. Instead, you could sell your bond shares or live on some cash from your, your emergency fund and actually sell those and work out a lot better, allowing your stock shares to recover before you uh, take those out and live on them. So with a target date fund, you would just have to take it out of the whole fund and it would sell some stock shares. So just a little more efficient to do it through a non-target date index fund once you're in retirement. Those are the thoughts I had that I wanted to share with you all today. You can certainly follow the show on Instagram, simplemoney underscore simple life. You can also email me, simplemoney529 at gmail.com. Uh, you can write any questions or comments or topics you'd like to see addressed on the show. I would love it if we could get to that 50 mark on the reviews. We're almost there. We just need a few more. And then I'll be giving away that $100 gift card to Amazon. Also, it'd be wonderful if you could tell a friend about the show. I'm looking to grow it and have certain goals around that. And the only way I'm going to be able to do that is with your help of you sharing the podcast with others. Anyway, thank you all for your support. And I hope you have a great week. And remember, a simple life is a good life.